0: Everybody, Welcome into Believe in Florida Gators. I'm your host, Zach Goodall. Uh, go ahead and throw me a follow on Twitter now. I'm sure I'm going to plug it a lot more along the way, but I'll get it out of the way right now. It's at Zach underscore Goodall. I'm the publisher of Sports Illustrated's AllGators.com, as well as one of your hosts here at Believe in Florida Gators. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Demetrius Harvey. Uh, he works with me over at SI's All Gators, and he's my co-host here as well. You can find him on Twitter at Demetrius82. Demetrius, I've told you this many a time. I'm going to say it again. Say what's up to the people.
1: What is going on, everybody? Um, This is interesting. I mean, I feel like it's been a long time, but at the same time, I feel like we just stopped doing podcasts or doing anything that requires on air talking. Maybe it's because we go on so many radio things and, and do a bunch of that kind of stuff, but it just feels natural um, humble so brag. I'm really glad. Wait, what would you say? Humble brag. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, a little, I wasn't trying to. Um, <laughs> I think I think the, the the biggest thing is though that I love to be able to speak with everybody including the fans and 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 working with Zach has been great, so I'm excited to do this again and obviously the Fortigators Gators mean a lot to you guys and they mean a lot to us in terms of our coverage, so I hope you guys enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping you guys enjoy it, too. Uh, we we dropped our teaser episode last week. This is our first full-length episode. Um, as mm-hmm. I mentioned in our teaser, I, I want to hear from you guys. Uh, reach out to us both on Twitter. Um, my email address is also on my Twitter profile, so if you feel better reaching out through email, it feels a little bit more professional to you, have at it. Of course, leave reviews uh, on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to us. Uh, you can leave a review. However, I must request that you leave five stars even if you hate us. You, you can Only type time. you can type whatever you want. You know, Zach sucks. That's all you got to say, but it has to be with a five-star review. Those are just the rules. I don't make them. I just abide by them and ask that everyone else does as well. Um, but no matter what, let us know what you think, what you want to hear, what we can do differently, what we do well. We want to make this your go-to podcast, and we can't really be your go-to podcast unless we're doing what the people want. So let us know. Uh, that being said, we are recording this on Friday afternoon, early evening, April 8th. Uh, it's going to be going up on Saturday, but we wanted to record in the immediate wake of uh, a domino falling as Florida's offseason lingers on. Uh, if you've listened to Billy Napier speak, the, the Gators plan on being aggressive in the portal this offseason because they just don't have a good roster. You know, Billy's not going to say that, but they, uh, but they don't, they, uh, he admitted after their first spring camp that they really only have a first team and a second team. And, and, you know, every team has three teams in an ideal world uh, for depth purposes, developing young guys, making sure they're ready to go come fall. And and that's limited Florida a little bit, you know, they don't want to admit to it too much, but it's limited specifically the offensive install. Um, William Piegler tight ends coach said on Thursday that they're really going to be a 60, 40, Um, 11 to 12 personnel offense, 12 personnel being one one running back, two tight ends. Um, Dan Mullen was like 90% 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end. So when you're down three of your four scholarship tight ends in your first spring practice as head coach, things aren't going too great from a depth perspective. Um, So with that all being said, and we're going to get more into the tight ends later, but we're expecting a lot of attrition. Within the next few weeks, uh, really the next couple of months, it might be a slow process to do as much as they want to do. But, you know, talent walking out the door in order to create room to bring guys in through the transfer portal that can play immediately or provide immediate depth that, you know, isn't necessarily so much of a long-term project in developing guys. And the first non-Emery Jones domino, which obviously fell two days into spring camp when Anthony Richardson was back to full health, Cleared to practice, writing was on the wall. Emery was he was always gonna go, you know, once once spring was over and was it came the, a little early.
1: Was he Demetrius. always gonna go? Uh, okay, so 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 here's here's the one thing, and I don't mean to interrupt you. The one thing about Emery Jones is that this entire time everybody just assumed that he was going to transfer. Now clearly, you know, it, it is happening. He did train or he is going to transfer where where to, we don't know yet. But in the beginning it seemed like he actually genuinely wanted to stay now he could have just been blowing smoke but there was no reason for him to say a bunch of the stuff that he did to us if that was not his intention at least at that current moment you know obviously down the line maybe in the fall people were speculating after spring he would transfer but clearly there was at least a point in time when emory decided hey i'm gonna at least try this for a couple of days and he did to his credit you know he was out there um, during the first practice that we were able to go to. And obviously Anthony Richardson is is still there. And, and, you know, he's coming back healthy now. And, you know, the staff has their feelings about him. But I feel like, you know, it, he at least gave it his, a shot. So I, I don't know if, if he was always going to transfer. Maybe probably was always going to. But um, it, it just gives me a little bit pause when, when when I hear that.
0: I agree and disagree with you. I think that he wasn't lying. You know, he wanted to come back. It was so he'd graduate, have a Florida yeah. degree to put on his wall. I Again, um, Anthony Richardson was cleared 24 hours, maybe less than before the first day of spring practice. Mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe, and this is a testament to Emery, you know, this is all credit to him, and no one would disagree with you when people call him a stand-up guy. Even the fans that are like that got sick of his play last year, <laughs> even the fans, and some of them might hate me for this, but – That treated him horribly over social media. They wouldn't disagree when someone says Emery Jones is a stand-up guy. And I think that that was on full display when he decided to come back because, again, depth issues. No real quarterback experience. You take Anthony Richardson out of that room and the the trio of Jack Miller, Carlos Del Rio, and Jalen Kitna had combined for 14 career passing attempts at that point. Billy needed a quarterback with some sort of experience in order to operate in spring to to make the offensive install successful whatsoever. And I think that's exactly why he brought Emory back. I, I'm sure he was transparent with him. I think, again, writing was on the wall. Everyone knew this is going to be Anthony Richardson's team. But they probably said, look, Emory, you know, stick around, get your degree. We will at least give you some reps in a new offense. Um and when the time comes, you know, you're obviously free to do whatever you want to do, but we don't really have a long-term plan for you here because, again, clearly Anthony Richardson <laughs> is the guy. And I think that's yeah. how it goes. Out. You know, Anthony comes back. He's cleared less than 24 hours before spring camp, and it took all of two practices for Emory to say, all right, Deuce.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it, it, it does make sense. I mean, like you said, they have anybody in terms of a quarterback – before spring practices officially began and now you know keep in mind guys you know i'm sure you guys know this but before spring there's obviously a couple of other ramp up periods you know the identity phase was phase two right before spring practices you know so they have to have guys in there at least to be able to run through um, certain drills obviously not football stuff but you know certain things that a quarterback is needed for to be able to process information to see what they have and and it's it's a kudos to the staff and and knowing that they needed somebody there I mean bringing in Jack Miller obviously is another sort of you know veteran quarterback that doesn't have experience but he at least you know is has been around in the college sphere for for a while so you had to have a couple guys at least in that room before Anthony was completely back and and like you said Zach I think that it's clearly Anthony's team and it was always going to be but it, it just was interesting to me that you know Emory came out and, and and said all those things about how the staff really convinced him and we'll get into how the staff seems to be doing um in probably future podcasts but it, but it is interesting and I don't mean to diverge us from this topic that we're talking about you know the attrition um and I guess that's sort of a, a good segue because you know Emory's transferring um, obviously, Lamar Goods just tr- just entered the portal, so he's going to be transferring. This roster, like you said, it, I don't mean to say it's not good, it, but 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 it really it, it it's it's, it's not very up, questionable.
0: It's not up to the standard.
1: Yeah, it, it's, uh, I it's I not up any, to the
0: standard. I think that players would even tell you that. I mean, if yeah. they pay attention to recruiting, and a lot of them do because they put in recruiting efforts. They've, a lot of these guys are from in-state. You know, They know what Florida football is supposed to look like. I think they would be willing to tell you, and surely any media member or outsider would tell yeah. you, it's not up to standard because everyone's complained for the past four years that recruiting took a turn for the worse. Um, yeah. And you're right. Th- this does segue in, us into what we were planning on getting on in this first segment is that we are recording this about two hours after defensive tackle Lamar Goods has entered the portal, so he is the first non emery Jones domino to fall. Um, the first domino to fall after Billy Napier said they plan to be aggressive in the transfer portal once spring practice is over. Uh, they have a lot of work to do there. Uh, the math, a couple people have, you know, from across the beat have different exact numbers on where the roster stands right now, but it's all in the general same area, that 89 to 91 player range. And by fall camp, or at the very latest week one before the game, they have to be at 85 players on that. Napier says they want to be aggressive. That makes me think, especially with the comments about a lack of a third team, we could see them you know, maybe approach double digits in players that they want to bring in. So that puts you, and this is including enrollees that are set, well, guys that are going to enroll this summer, assuming they get the full class. That puts you at roughly 100 players on an 85-man team we could be talking 10 to 15 players getting, you know, cut or, or quote unquote, choosing to move on, or, or maybe seriously choosing to move on. And maybe Emery falls into that, uh, under that blanket. Maybe Lamar goods does, although he, he's played in two games. Um, he's not really stood out in any particular way. Nice kid, good kid, uh, good scholar sure. as well. Um, just hasn't done much to move the needle and, and they know they need talent on the defensive line. So you know, you cut one there, you might end up letting another guy go to the portal from that position, with the intention that come May, come June, you've brought in someone that actually has, you know, Power Five experience playing defensive tackle, game experience, some production to their name to fill in. You know, whether that's a starter, whether that's a depth piece like Goods would have been if he stayed on the roster, I'm not too yeah. sure. But uh, but that domino has fallen, and I would expect it to knock over several more in the next week or two.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they, they have to, there's no other choice. Um, this roster was built in a manner of, Hey, we're going to bring in all these transfers and then they're going to graduate. And then we're going to try to fill out the roster with some recruits, but the recruits aren't going to be, you know, those top tier guys because they, they, that last staff just really did not care about recruiting. And we're starting to see the, the ramifications of that, even in just this first year under Billy Napier, um, to, to, to have a roster turnover and we'll do the research or, or someone else can do the research but to have our, that much of a roster turnover this close to the start of the season which will be you know during the fall it, it's it's almost you know s- you know staggering you, you kind of have to look at it and say well this is a complete rebuild and your expectations are going to drop a little bit because of that and as they should and i think that when, when when you really see and you really look at which guys were playing you know the majority of the snaps in 2021 and then you look at the 2022 uh, depth chart and you see how many players are getting snaps that you didn't even see on the field last year didn't even see on the team last year it's going to be you know eye-opening and I think that you were talking about it you know that defensive line group you already have a couple guys even going over to the tight end group because they, they you know they're they're then at that position, too, you know, Dante Sanders is going back over there for a little bit. Um, you have Griffin McDowell, who has switched back and forth between, I think, offensive line then defensive line now tight end. Uh, it, it's just it's just a mess right now. And they're trying to figure that out. They're trying to navigate their way through it. Um, I think that if you want to look at it from a positive perspective, though, you have a, a staff in a roster that is bought in and you have the ability to give these guys opportunities. You know, Billy Napier said that, you know, instead of looking at this as a, you know, complete negative, at least you have guys that haven't been able to get on the field before getting these valuable reps. I think that spring is probably one of the most important, you know, sessions for any any college player, but especially for a young roster like this. So to be able to have these guys able to just get in there and play, it's going to be great, you know. Um, but, but yeah, they're, they're, they're going to bring in at least uh, – maybe 10 transfers. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it, it, you you could see it. You could see how that thought process would go. They have to add, you know, maybe a, a receiver. They have to have a couple of defensive linemen. They have to add a couple of tight ends. They have to probably add maybe a defensive back. It, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do um, moving forward. But yeah, clearly this is going to be a different roster than last year.
0: Yeah. And I think it also helps that you have a coach who's willing to keep it real. And granted, <laughs> we're five months in. I don't know if Billy's eventually going to start, you know, hyping the team up to get people excited and maybe not fully mean it. But right now, every time he steps on the mic, I feel like he's not BSing. I feel like he's telling the truth. How many coaches are, are willing? Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, right? It's unprecedented. <laughs> um, but he again, how many coaches are going to get on a mic and tell you, yeah, our roster is in bad shape. We have two teams. We don't have three. We are going to destroy that transfer portal <laughs> to get as many talented players. Yeah. He gets it. He know. He sees what this issue was and what it has done to the state of the roster. And he's he seems to be anticipating yeah. planning on planning on fixing it. So so let's see where this goes in the next couple of weeks. But again, the first non Emory Jones domino to fall. Is defensive tackle, Lamar Goods, he's got three years of eligibility left. He had, I think, 11 offers coming out of high school, some pretty solid SEC ones. He'll probably land on his feet somewhere, maybe in the group of five, and try and work his way up from there. Um, Keeping it on a position that is struggling with depth, as we've now talked about a couple times already, but now we can go a little bit more, for lack of a better word, in depth on it, uh, is the tight end position. Um, That's been the... I've written this a few different ways. If the talk of Florida's off season wasn't the transition of coaching staffs and culture, it would be the quarterback room, right? With Anthony Richardson, everyone being so hype about him. Well, if the talk of Florida's off season wasn't the coaching staff and it wasn't Anthony Richardson, it would be the tight end room. Uh, this staff, again, it, they're going to go 60, 40, roughly 11 to 12 personnel, massive, massive change from Dan Mullen who was 90 plus percent 11 personnel in his offenses at all times through receivers one running back one tight end pretty much always exclusively and Keon Zipper is their only scholarship tight end healthy right now Uh, Jonathan Odom and Nick Elksness um, redshirt sophomore and redshirt freshman respectively Elksness personally I thought he I think he's in line for a big role in this offense due to his skill set um both have shoulder injuries done for the spring they'll be back by fall at least that's the expectation so um nothing too long term of a concern there for either of them gage wilcox he enrolled alongside elksness last year redshirt freshman had a um had an unspecified career-ending injury in camp according to billy napier so he's a guy that when you look towards operating, uh, going towards the portal. He's another person you likely will be able to remove from that scholarship list. But looking at it in the short term, uh, Dante Sanders, Griffin McDowell, Noah Keeter, a walk-on <laughs> linebacker, uh, a long snapper, which I would assume to be Rocco Underwood because he played the position in high school, although that is right. not confirmed. Are catching passes at the tight end position as this offense tries to install a 40% 12 personnel scheme. That's
1: just. It's not good. It's not good. It's not ideal. It's it's all the negative words that you might want to say or, or, you know, let out when you're thinking about this roster in terms of the tight end position. Um, It's kind of crazy. When you think about it, you know, they went from, Kyle Pitts probably the best tight end we've seen in in years, and and he's going to be incredible. He already had you know a great rookie season in the NFL, but you go from him and you know Kamari Gamble, who it was a you know reliable player, you know nothing crazy, obviously, but somebody you could count on. Keon Zipper is still there, and then now, but now you're here where it's Keon Zipper, and then just everybody. I mean, I could probably go out there and, you know, catch a couple passes right now, (laughs) but, 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 but seriously, like it's, it's tough because they are wanting to be this run heavy team. And yet they can't really, you know, do that to the best of their ability when they have guys who have never played the position or very rarely have played the position and definitely not in college. And so, when you look at that, you think, well, are they going to have to change up their scheme? And I don't think so. That's not how Billy Napier appears to want to operate. I don't think that that's how he should operate. I think that they have a very good idea of their identity. And I think that that's what they're going to stick with. But it really does beg the question, You know, how many tight ends are they going to bring in? Because they're going to, they have to. Um, they, they really have no other choice. And how effective is this running game going to be in year one? I think that the tight end position can be valuable from a number of reasons. You know, you, you have guys that can, you know, catch passes in the red zone. Obviously you have guys that are really good blockers like zipper is. And um, I think that moving forward, we're going to really see, you know, how this actually unfolds, especially, you know, as we get closer to the spring game, I think that we're going to have a real good feel about, you know, how is this offense actually going to be run? And I think that, with Napier in charge, with you know all of their various coaches, this this staff has just seemed uh, very in tune and, and you know on the same exact wavelength. I think that it's going to work out, but for now it it looks tough.
0: I personally think they bring in one tight end through the portal, and that might yep. sound concerning, but uh, but but everyone do keep in mind they signed three tight ends mm-hmm. um, in the twenty twenty two class, all with very different skill sets. Uh, Tony Livingston was signed or committed to the last staff with the idea that he would try and develop into an offensive tackle. (laughs) That is not going to happen. Also a terrible scout job by the last staff. That was absurd. Um, It
1: made no sense. But he has tight end experience. Real real quick, I just want to say that we, we, we talked to Livingston last year when all this was going down, and the guy straight up said, you know, I've never played offensive line. He didn't look like an offensive lineman. It it, it just made no sense. And, you know, carry on Zach, but I I just wanted to say that it just made zero sense to try to bring this kid in at a position that he's never played at a power five school like Florida.
0: You know, the last staff's misdoing should be water under the bridge by now, but you know, we, we maintain the right to make fun of them for, (laughs) for things they did. And that was a, that was later in the in the process. Uh, later in the tenure for Dan Mullen, uh, there were some things pointing downward by that point already. But man, that was that that was one that stood out. Where it's like, okay, this ship is starting to sink a little bit. I don't know what they're thinking here. He is not a tight end, but anyway, he is. Or I'm sorry, he is not an offensive tackle. Um, but he is going to come to Florida as kind of a jumbo tight end. Really good athlete. I think we see that most when he's playing basketball. Um, But he looks good. He's gotten a lot thinner than when we saw him. I think he's going to be able to do a mix of things for them. I think that's their goal is to make him a versatile piece. You've got a Hayden Hanson, former quarterback, all of 6'6". Piegler says he's over 260. I could see it, 250 to 260, and he holds it well because I've met him before. Uh, But very raw, someone you're going to have to develop over time. Uh, He might be better off starting as a blocker, just with his size and seeing where he can take his route tree and going from there. And then Arliss Boardingham is a receiver in a tight end's body. So you've got three very different guys coming in at that position who will be able to bolster the depth. They may not be able to play year one, um, maybe Boardingham, just because it's a little bit easier to run routes in the SEC as a big bodied fast guy than it is to spend every down blocking sec defensive line and and edge rushers. It's just, it's a little easier uh, than doing the latter. but one way or another, I think maybe one of those guys gets some playing time as the year goes on. But with that, once Alex and Odom are healthy, you then are at six tight ends on your roster. Do, do they want seven? Maybe I, I could see that's what they were aiming for before with Wilcox being here. So with that I would think they probably end up bringing in one tight end transfer among again like we said earlier help everywhere.
1: Yeah, you 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 just have to and I think that like I said I think it's all going to work out. I don't think everybody should be panicking. I don't think you should think oh no this is you know everything is burning down. It's already terrible. What what's going on? I think this is all part of a long process that was always going to happen. Aside from injuries obviously, you know unfortunate for for Wilcox who you know you know by all accounts a great kid and 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 then you know to suffer a potentially career ending injury is is just terrible but you know aside from that the other injuries they haven't said that they're out for the season so no reason to worry about that Um, I think that Zach hit it you know on the head because they're bringing in a few guys who have these different skill sets that they're going to be able to utilize maybe not this year but Hayden Hansen, I mean, this is a guy who if you watch his tape actually in high school, for me, he, he already is a blocker. Like this is a guy that they sought out and said this is going to be a very good blocking tight end. Obviously, it's different when you get into the SEC, but it's a, he's going to be somebody who's going to develop into that guy that you can rely on on the goal line. You can rely on first and second down, and then if he can expand into a receiving guy – all of a sudden, you have a a, a great you know skill set player who can come in and be relied upon. I think that that's what they're going to need, especially once Zipper ultimately you know graduates after this season. Um, they're they're going to have to make sure that they have those checks moving forward. Um, I just think that right now it's going to be interesting to see not only at the tight end position, but just in in other position groups as well how much attrition you're going to ultimately get because this is we have even gotten to the defensive side of the football, which we probably will in the coming weeks and everything, once you guys, you know, get a couple listens in. But you know, it, it's not just this position group. It's it, it's it's the roster as a whole. And I think we've already touched on it a lot. And it, it's it just seems staggering right now to see how much it's fallen compared to the high of 2020 where you thought this is going to be a team you know, in contention for years. Now they have to rebuild.
0: Yeah. Tells you that we were all hoodwinked.
1: All wrong. We were
0: led astray, <laughs> run amuck, flat out deceived. I missed a couple. Um, yeah. I will tell you this. I am a six-foot flat guy, slightly taller than average. Um, I don't look up too many recruits, even some of the offensive linemen. A lot of the offensive linemen, I I don't really have to like put my head up to look up to. But Hayden Hansen, I got to look up to that, dude. That is a grown man (laughs) in a 17-year-old's body. Um, I know Florida fans were kind of whatever because he really didn't have any recruiting traction except for Louisiana, um, which makes him a sleeper, rightfully so. But trust the evals, I guess, at this point in the Napier tenure. It's only four months in. Uh, you've seen enough positive stuff to make you think you can trust the evals for now. So he's someone that, along with those other two, could come in and make an immediate impact and, and stop Florida from over-pursuing a tight end right. in the portal, looking to balance out the roster. Uh, you mentioned the orange and blue game uh, scrimmages. I think this will be where we wrap it up, talking this. Uh, before they have the orange and blue game this upcoming Thursday, April 14th, the Gators do have one more scrimmage. Um, again, we're posting this on Saturday, recording Friday, but if you're listening to this on Saturday, that scrimmage is today. uh, second scrimmage of camp. The last one is when Billy came out and said minutes after that they only have two teams. So with that being said, Demetrius, Mm -hmm. say you are Billy Napier right now, based on what you're aware of from, you know, what he said, what we've heard from the first spring scrimmage, understanding their limits at this time what would you hope to achieve in this second scrimmage before they take the field in front of fans for a spring game five days later?
1: Yeah, you want to just see the team actually come out and be able to compete, right? Just be able to excel at different levels. I don't think that this is... The, the, the thing about scrimmages, you, you don't necessarily need to see everything. Usually they'll actually hone in on a couple different things and make sure that they're good at that. I don't think that this is going to be too broad of a you know look into how they play because they have plenty of time to do that. Not only during the orange and blue game, which is going to be the real test for the for the staff to see exactly where they're at, but also for uh, the fall camp and 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 just the 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 things in between. I think that what you want to see, though, is more of that opportunity that Billy Napier talked about. He, he he wants to be able to see what the other players on the team can do when they're thrust into a position that maybe they came in thinking, oh, I didn't, you know, th- th- this isn't where where, where I was going to be. You know, I was going to be a third-string guy. And, and I know that that's not the, the right mentality, but, you know, you have to be realistic when you come in with your expectations. But these guys are going to be actually playing um, in the second string in the first string, I don't think that they're going to be um, overly healthy or or you know healthier than they have been because that's just not how injuries work. Typically, it takes a little bit of time for players to get healthy, and it's only been a couple weeks. So I don't necessarily think that they're going to be coming in with um, all of a sudden they can play you know four deep. But I think that if you're Napier, you just want to see more progress. You want to see guys able to you know catch passes you want to see guys executing this offense um, that's brand new to i would say i guess 99 because you only have osiris you know torrents and, and and montrell johnson as the guys who actually came from billy napier's offense last year so for the majority of these guys you have to be able to see you know what this is going to bring and and sort of how this is going to look for the future and I think that this is, you know, important. It's it's one of their last, you know, scrimmages of, of the spring. This is pretty much we're, you know, wrapping up spring now almost. It, it's, it's almost done. And I think that you need to see legitimate progress. If you don't, it's not a major concern, but, you know, it is something to think about. And they might have to, you know, course correct from there.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and I'm curious because, we, again, media doesn't get to see these scrimmages until the spring game. Um darn. We know that Napier, he's big on field zones. That is like, he calls it one of the greatest things they've ever done, is splitting the field into eight different parts. They practice in each part, understand situations, have very specific play calls and schematics for each field zone. And then scrimmages are where, you know, they'll still call plays based on those field zones and stuff, but they're not like limiting guys to each spot. You know, they're going drive by drive, score by score, team by team, like a legitimate game. So. With that, you know, the biggest thing I'd want to see might be a cop-out is the (laughs) quarterbacks improve because apparently they they looked solid last week, but they were so used to going through the very specific, okay, we are practicing what you do in this field zone, what you do in this field zone, what you do after an explosive play, what we try and do after that, what we try to get out of being in second and long and disadvantageous situations. Um, so with that, you know, there were some mistakes, situational mistakes. Um, I think maybe an interception or two thrown in the last scrimmage. You want to see the quarterbacks handle random situations being thrown at them as they go, rather than sitting back, working on reps and going through the details of each one. You want to see them be a bit more sharper, quicker, processing things better, limiting mistakes. And, And we'll find out, I mean, Napier is honest, um, (laughs) At least he was with us after the first scrimmage. Like, hey, the quarterbacks did this and this well, but this and this not well. You want to hear the terms. They were sharper. They were quicker to process. They handled situations well. Come out of Napier's mouth on Saturday afternoon. So um, stay tuned to the Florida Gators YouTube channel because they will be streaming the press conference, and you'll know one way or another uh, if we called that, if it ended up being uh, what Napier ends up saying or not. And I'm sure we'll also talk about it next week on our next episode, which I guess Mm -hmm. leaves this as the, uh, as the perfect opportunity to wrap up. (laughs) Um, Thank you guys for tuning in our first full episode of believe in Florida Gators. Again, I am your host, Zach Goodall. Throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as my co-host here Demetrius Harvey at Demetrius 82. Let us know what you think. Tell us what we're doing, right? What we're doing wrong. DM us, email us reviews with five stars only one way or another. We want to hear from you right now. What do you want this show to do moving forward? What do you want to hear from us? How do you want it to go? Let us know everything. Uh, Demetrius, any, uh, any final notes from you?
1: Um, just, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if we've ever mentioned it, but you know, if you hear, if you heard some sniffling, it's cause Zach has some allergies and you know, that, that I thought I did goes. a good
0: job. All right, you know what? I, I it, held it all in. <laughs> it, it
1: was, it, it was, it was, you know, there a couple of times. So I just wanted to make sure that people know it was no, you know, shot at you, but I just want to make sure people knew. No, but, but seriously, we, we appreciate you guys listening and, and we hope that you guys continue to stay with us. Um, we've done this before, but obviously, you know, we're getting right back into it. So it's a little bit tough, but just let us know how, how we did what you guys think we should you know, start talking about, or if you guys have any questions or concerns, anything you can reach us at, at the Twitters that Zach has said. I think Zach has his email in there. I don't have my email, but I'm sure you can find it if you really need to. And yes, yeah, just let us know. And I, I hope you guys enjoyed it.
0: I will leave you guys with this. If you have, if you have cat allergies and you've ever sat back and thought, you know what? I like cats. I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to live with a cat. (laughs) Listen to me right now. Don't do it to yourself. We will catch you guys next week. Appreciate you tuning in. We are Believe in Florida Gators.